What's up, everybody? This is Judith A. Kofi listening to Mad Love. Ah, you know, I can't... I really have a hard time podcasting on Wednesdays. I'm not sure. Uh, But yesterday was another weird day with my mom. I mean, she was supposed to go to the doctor. So she had been up when she wasn't supposed to. So we both probably slept longer. I know I slept longer than I normally do. And then I got up. Excuse me. I said I have a yard dog warning. This is really my safe place. So anyway, I um got up and ran a couple errands ahead of this storm, you know, uh, that's coming. And so uh, I wasn't sure if I'd be out today because they they weren't really clear on exactly when it was going to get horrible outside. So I was like, well, I'm, I might not go to work if I wake up and it's terrible. So let me, I mean, go into the office. So let me run these errands before I start work today. So I did that and I get home and I'm like, you got, I'm, you know, I got to take you to the doctor. She was like, I ain't going to no doctor. So, uh, you know, and she was particularly like, I just didn't, I wasn't going to die on that hill yesterday. I was tired. I'm tired of dealing with this. So I sent the doctor's office a very nice message. Like, you know, I'm sure this is going to incur a fee, but she is, I, she's not getting up, you know, and, you know, we'll just have to reschedule. So then someone calls me about one o'clock and I don't, I don't think she's trying to be mean or trying to be, you know, she's just doing her job. These people didn't show up. These people need a talking to that kind of thing. So she's coming at me with this tone, like, well, you can't keep canceling appointments. I said, I, this is the first time I've ever done that. And, you know, uh, she said something. I said, well, listen, she just, she just wouldn't cooperate. She hasn't been sleeping and, you know, she just, so then she was like, you can't keep canceling. And I was like, listen, you can not have empathy if that's your choice, but I'm telling you, I'm not about to wrestle an 85 year old woman to the ground and drag her into your office. Now, if you don't understand that, or you can't work with that, I, I mean, I, that's it. And then she was like, okay, okay, hold on, please. And so then she goes and talks to the doctor, and she's like, I get it, I understand. He says he can see you, but you can't cancel. I was like, listen, I have got to explain to you, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a nurse. She's been up, she's not sleeping, she's been, like, awful. I'm not I'm not about to just keep fighting so we can make it convenient on you. I'm like, I said, did you read her chart? She has severe dementia. She's not sleeping. And I'm not going to be fighting with her about this. It's not worth it. And, you know, I don't like this dude anyway. He looks like someone that would show up on on uh, some sort of police blotter. I mean, he just looks like a weirdo. And that's not nice to say. But some people, you know, they say don't judge a book by a cover. But some of these books I wouldn't read based off of these covers I'm seeing. You know what I mean? I wouldn't read his book. And I don't like him. I don't think he's great. I didn't and I let them know. I was I told her yesterday. I was like, when she was in the hospital, no one would call me back. Well, we don't have time. We're understaffed. And I'm like, listen, I understand. I'm sure none of this is your personal fault, but I'm telling you, this is an issue for me. I'm I don't know what to do. And when the doctor or his staff, no one will advise me, this is what you get. You know, we went round and round, and she tried to be nice, and she apologized, like, I'm sorry this this is happening to you. And I'm like, that's great, but it doesn't help me. 
you all are not great at this. You know, he's and he's like a big deal in their hospital system. And I'm like, if this is the best, I'm I need to stop procrastinating and find her a really, really good doctor. She had a doctor that she loved and he left his practice, which is completely fucking that was the worst thing that could happen at this stage because I am overwhelmed and it's frustrating not to be able to work with her doctor. So I have to find somebody better. And it's just not like you have a ton of time because when you're not at work or when you're not trying to live your own life, she may be up and at them. Like she woke me up this morning at three, three o'clock. Judy. Yeah. Um, hey, I'm like, hey, (laughs) shit, what do you want? And she's like, just haven't seen you in a while. Just making sure you're okay if you need anything. And I'm like, I know you're trying to be sweet, but it's, I'm, it's the middle of the night. It's sleep is so precious for me. You know, it's just like a, a rare commodity these days. And it's like, oh my God. And then it took me a while to convince her like, hey. You should be in bed, too. Like, she's like, where is everybody? I'm like, everybody's in bed. Everybody's in bed. Yes. I, this is, this is hard. And I'm telling you right now, if you don't have six, seven grand a month, that's by today's prices. You don't have that extra money a month. You're going to be, someone in your family is going to have to be dealing with it. Hopefully you have some resources and you have some other people that will help you, but you might not, you might have siblings who can't or won't help you. There's that possibility. A lot of people I've discovered that there are people in the world who, and I don't, I'm not like this. So it was hard for me to embrace it, but there are people in the world who really literally wake up thinking about themselves every single day they do only what they want to do and that's it (laughs) that's completely it and I've never been that type of person so you know there's someone you could you're that popped in your head and you're like oh so-and-so will be the person in her family to do it and it'll probably be a woman and she'll probably work herself to death trying to take care of uh someone their mother And she probably will have siblings and they'll probably either won't or can't help. And it's hard. So you need a plan. Somebody needs to come up with a plan. I think every family should have a plan for dementia, whether it comes to your doorstep or not. Because the way this is going, it looks like on the surface, it just looks like they've propped our bodies up long enough to, to, you know, keep you from dying of a heart attack at 60 which is probably good like it's weird when people just drop dead at 60 to us but there was a generation when it wasn't there was a generation when 60 was old okay well now they've made it so you can live to be 80 but no one has done anything about the brain they just seem to not realize that you could outlive your brain So now you won't die of a stroke or a heart attack and they'll manage your cholesterol and they'll put stents in your heart and they'll do all this stuff to keep you alive. But they uh, will not figure out how to keep your brain healthy. You can outlive your brain and it's your responsibility to make sure your brain is, uh, you know, 
well taken care of if you have hypertension so if you have high blood pressure you could easily develop vascular dementia because it it, they just go hand in hand it's just it's it's really sad and as as an american i think i'm just furious that there's no um that our healthcare system which is built to be the best in the world whether it is or it isn't i'm not sure but it's not prepared for a crisis it's not prepared it wasn't prepared for covid and there will be another covid cuz there's still covid now covid-19 is stretching into stretching into 2023 people are still getting covid people are still getting sick from covid and dying from covid there's such a thing as long covid it's going to be with us forever now just like the flu and then you know then you've also got this uh you know looming any other new pandemic because we're not prepared for it climate is changing things are moving around new viruses are being born every day you got an aggressive ass china trying to be the world leader in biotech um so who knows i mean that's a very credible story i read in a very credible magazine about how they were so busy trying to be the leaders in biotech that they had these compromised labs and that's how covid got out which is not some crazy uh trump theory it's just he when he's the messenger it's hard to take any message seriously so that's probably why no one wanted to believe him anyway but that seems to be what happened and i think it i read the report i want to say in like vanity fair it was like an incredible magazine with good research you know so there's another pandemic coming and then on top of that you're going to get dementia winter and it's going to be bad and we're looking at it within 5 years that the numbers are going to go up by 50% because you're going to have all these baby boomers. So your grandma or your dad, your mom and dad, all these boomers, they're going to be ticking into their late 70s and early 80s. And, you know, it's, it's going to be bad. It's going to be like the walking dead. And I'm just telling you, you guys need a plan because I can't imagine how much better this would have been if I had just really made a plan and this whole notion that you don't that you don't have to work hard or you you don't have to have much or you get like that needs to go away americans need to be the hardest working people on the planet because living here is expensive and if you like living in america and you like the stability that it offers you know then you need to work and you need to work hard and you need to work smart and you need to have multiple income streams. And, you know, I'm fine with working hard. I'm a hard working person. I love hard work. If you want to get on my bad side, don't be a hard worker. I don't like liars. I don't like thieves. I don't like lazy people. And I don't like people who don't work. You cannot work. All these people say they want to work with me or work for me. And I'm like, no, you don't. I can tell you right now you don't. Because you think I'm going to make you laugh the whole time. But no, no, we're going to work. And then we'll laugh. Right? But it'll be a lot of work before we laugh. We may laugh a little bit while we're working. But we're going to work very, very hard. Because that's how I do. You know what I mean? So anyway, have a plan. I finished uh, White Lotus. 
season two. So the first season is kind of a wash for me. I didn't care for it. It felt weird and it was filmed during COVID. So you could tell there wasn't enough actors. You know, they were the only people on the whole resort. It was strange. So, uh, and it felt strange and I didn't particularly care for it. The second season it's still a Mike White special. He, I'm not sure he's a people person. I think he's fascinated by the nuances of of human relationships. I think he's fascinated by the transactional nat- nature of humans. You know, like there wasn't one relationship uh, in White Lotus season two that didn't seem transactional in some way. Um, they, a lot of people cut a lot of bargains. And got things based off of, you know, transaction. I'll give you this for that, you know. So I think uh, if that's what you're into, it's beautifully filmed, though. I mean, there are some of some of the most beautiful ocean shots and shots of Sicily. It makes you want to go to Sicily, you know. So uh, it was entertaining. <laughs> and uh, I mean, get ready. Jennifer Coolidge is going to win a lot of awards. She is hilarious. So anyway, it was pretty good. So thanks. Shout out to Brooke for making me watch it because I was not going to watch it. Um, Yeah. And like I said the other day, I do think there's a, a really big opportunity right now. If you're a filmmaker or a screenwriter, um, go back and study, you know, what happened uh, between the 60s and the 70s in terms of the, the just the quality of movies uh, all of a sudden there was something called method acting, uh, and it was mainstream, you know, it was like De Niro and Scorsese were together and working on things and, um, uh, early Brian De Palma movies. Uh, you could see Steven Spielberg's work on television. Uh, you could just see there was, there was just a, a change, a sea change. It went from those, like I said, those giant studio pictures, these musicals, and that, like, it was just a, a sea change. Um, and tone, because uh, 1969 gives you uh, Midnight Cowboy, which is the first X-rated movie, I think, and uh, uh, it won. But then you get a, you know, like a crazy young Dustin Hoffman hopped up on something. He looked nuts in that, Ratso Rizzo, um, you know, and then The Graduate. You know, that was that was actually Mike Nichols is one of my favorite directors. I forgot to mention him. And so my favorite, one of my all time favorites uh, was um, the late, great Sidney Pollack. I liked I just liked him a lot. I don't know why it was his touch. I mean, he made something like Tootsie brilliant. He just slowed it down. He's just like he just let everybody cook in the pot till it just got perfect. And to me, that's the signature of Sidney Pollack. It was just like, let's just let's just unpack this and see what we have. We don't have to rush. <laughs> that was his that that to me is the signature of a Sidney Pollack movie. It just you just take your time with it. Um, so anyway, go back and watch some of those old movies. They're really good. They're really good. And they were into the story, you know, um, story telling good stories and using people who don't look like movie stars. So that's how you get a Dustin Hoffman um, and a Tommy Lee Jones and a Sissy Spacek and uh, who's cousins with Tommy Lee Jones. And, 
you know, all these actors, Shelley Duvall, uh, look at her face in The Shining. She does not, you know, Jack Nicholson, he doesn't look like a movie star. Um, you know, it sort of started with Brando, but he was almost too attractive for it to really take hold. But then it moved into like De Niro, Pacino, uh, all these like regular looking guys who happen to be, you know, Pacino was handsome, especially back in the 70s when he had the beard, like the Serpico years. I think it was Serpico. He was super cute. But, you know, they looked like regular people who happened to be attractive. They didn't look like movie stars. So, yeah, I mean, I think we're at that juncture again. We've got wars. We've got pandemics. We've got global collapse. We got all these people scamming and thieving and stealing. I mean, this is a really good time to be making cinema. Uh, and, you know, they're, they've tried to distract you with this superhero bullshit. But the reality is we don't live in a superhero world, world right now. You know, it's time to get back to the basics. And I watch a, a lot of Blue Bloods because my mom, when she sits still long enough, she likes Blue Bloods. And it's not bad for a TV show about prosecution and and police work. They get a lot of it right. They do. But it's still a little, it's still not really the real deal. For some reason, network TV is still stuck in the olden days of, you know, we can't do this, we can't say that. They get as close as I think they can. But, you know, if you really want to see great uh, shows that are more realistic, more and less liberal, not completely not liberal, but less liberal, you got to go to a streamer. You, You know, HBO is the only place you can do The Wire. I mean, you might be able to do it on Netflix now, but Back then, you could only do it on HBO because CBS would not give you the real show. So I'm not sure when that's going to crash down for the networks when they really finally uh, give you a real show about crime and punishment or police work or being a prosecutor or whatever. But that day probably is coming because they keep losing all the awards to the streamers. And, you know, HBO and, and um, you know, when Netflix starts winning, you know, Emmys, it's a problem. It's a problem and they need to fix it because they're not doing anybody any favors by keeping everything sanitized and fake. It's just like the news. The news is terrible. You know, they give you all this terrible news with no context then they give you a feel-good story about a dog or a sick child, and then it, the weather, and that's it. Then you get some sports in there, and there you go. There you go. That's ridiculous. All right, I talked longer than I thought I would. Please be safe. Be your best. Thank you so much for listening. We've had a good year. We've had a good year, me and you, and I appreciate you, every single one of you. It's been uh, it's been fun to provide this uh, podcast to you. It's been fun to chop it up with you guys, the people who know me, who reach out and tell me they listen. And, you know, we're at it's not only just a great opportunity right now in, in terms of filmmaking. It's a great opportunity to be alive right now, because if we put our minds together and the collective tries to be better than we were before, if we all just take one giant leap forward in our mentality together i mean we'd be unstoppable 
we we just need to get along well enough to agree that we can do better. You know, and I think most people would agree with that. We don't all agree on how to be better, but we agree that we all need to be better. And we should just start from there. We can start from there. Have an amazing day.